Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Bishop Philip Adekary is the founder of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Bangladesh, a network that has grown to over 3,500 churches throughout the nation. Bible distribution is a key strategy for reaching the 90% Muslim majority with the good news of the gospel. The ministry involves evangelism and church planting, Bible college and leadership training, humanitarian aid, partnering with Erdo and the Rohingya refugee camps, medical clinics, microloans, and business development. Respected by religious, government, and business leaders, Bishop Adekari and his family are an inspiring story of God's power to touch nations. Please welcome Bishop Philip Adekari. Good morning, everybody. So good to be here with you here in One Church TO. Many of us, we've never met before, but we are friends, even though we've never met. Pastor Mulligan was one of my good friends, Pastor Keith, and now Pastor Jonathan. And so we just love the leaders that God has given you and love the vision of One Church TO. And uh, so it's a privilege to be here and to introduce to you... um, I don't know how far I can go. One of my best friends in the world, I think. We can almost go there. Uh, Bishop Philip Adekari. Uh, so we're going to talk. We're going to give you uh, some information, some inspiration about what God is doing in Bangladesh. Uh, and then after we do that for a few minutes, then I'll just kind of wrap things up uh, with a couple of thoughts for you. But before we do that, Everywhere I go, I've, I've been in 75 different churches across Canada the last five and a half years. I don't know how many nations. Before this month is out, I'll be with Bishop in Bangladesh. Then Marie Cornelius and I will be in three or four con- uh, cities in India. I go from there to Kampala, Uganda, from there to Harare, Zimbabwe, and get home in time to put up my Christmas tree. Uh, but... We've just been blessed to, to, to meet so many people. But one of my burdens as a pastor and as a, an evangelist is to help you with your Bible reading. I believe this is one of the biggest issues that Christians are facing. In particular, with all of the stuff on YouTube and social media and podcasts, I've found people are leaving the personal reading of the Bible for themselves missing out on the Holy Spirit giving you a word for you, not somebody else a word and then them telling you about it as you read the word. So I would love to help you. That's what I feel called to do with your Bible reading. This is a a daily guide. It's about three and a half chapters a day. It only takes a few minutes. And then uh, we read in a couple of places. I try and find the inspiration. I make a few comments and then I give you a quote of the day. And uh, I, think, I, I think about 5,000 different people across Canada have purchased this and are using it to help them to read God's Word. I, I, uh, I met uh, a, a young man. He was a new believer. Maybe this feels like you. And he came up to me. He says, Pastor Brent, you know, I was really enjoying the first book of the Bible. That uh, it was a Genesis. I love that book. 
was great. But uh, then I got into those other ones, Exodus, Leviticus. I thought, is that a sickness? I don't want that. And so they... And he said, I couldn't figure out how it applied to my life. What does it apply to? Well, like, don't boil a goat in its mother's milk. And I, ha. Ah. And so, but then I got to palms and everything was okay. <laughs> I've never met a Christian who wouldn't like to read their Bible more. I've met lots of Christians who say, I struggle with this. I want to read, but I struggle with it. Especially men, young adults, I'd love to help you. I'll be in the lobby afterwards. Bishop will be there. You can meet him. Uh, I'd love to meet you and help you with this. The books are $20, and we can do debit and tap and all kinds of things. Uh, come and see me there, and I want to help you. Brother, you're coming from far away, like the other side of the world. Bring greetings to these dear people here at One Church TL. Thank you. I bring warm greetings to you because I'm coming from the warm country. Even, actually, here is a cold, but I never think seven degrees last night, I saw how cold. <laughs> and I asked to your mission pastor, he sharing me 30 degree in the winter. Minus, minus 30. 30. Oh my goodness, I told him, I, I also told, uh, your mission pastor and brothers being, if seven degree, then our country many people is died because they don't have good fence in the house. Yeah. That so one. They had a, a cold snap in Bangladesh and it got down to five, seven degrees and because of a lack of blankets and housing, many, many people died in that country. Also, I bring impact story because you are a partnering with our church how your donation your dollar how we are using that impact story i bring in here you are i like to share with you and also picture i show you how impacting your investment before we talk about the ministry that's happening you have to tell these people how was it that you first came to Jesus? Was it from a Canadian missionary? Actually, POC missionary, he came to Bangladesh 1976. His name is Dr. Dan Berg. I'm very young that time. He is coming three days, revival meeting. Thousands of people get together. He preaching whole day and evening he are doing the healing ministry. I saw in my own eyes paralyzed walk. Many hundreds of people through Lord blessing healing is there. And but you, you wanted to see what was happening, but you were a young a boy. Actually, when I'm a young boy, I, I'm not a space to come inside because thousands of people. Then I, I like to see him closer. Then I uh, going to tree and I see like this way, you know. But Lord is blessing me that day. Open my heart and Holy Spirit take care. 
me. Amen. Sounds biblical, doesn't it? You remember Zacchaeus? But this is Paul Zacchaeus. No, rather Philip Zacchaeus who came to Jesus, and that's just the start. So let's tell them about what's happening. First of all, about Bangladesh, in case you don't know, uh, it's a nation very populated, the most densely populated nation in the world of large nations. Uh, and uh, religions, 90% Muslim, 8% Hindu, 0.3% Christian, and then others. Uh, and it is uh, a nation... Uh, with a very low income, it's a third world country. But Bishop Adekari and his team, they are working now. Tell us about your work in how many districts? We are working 49 districts out of 64. But within 64 districts, 170 million people. I don't know how many people stay, uh, live in Canada. 37. 37. Maybe four times or four times. Or more. Or more people. The space is very little. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 49 districts, and currently in the PAOB, there are 141,000 people that are attending. 100,000 people have been baptized in this nation. Yes. Uh, 3,491 house churches house church. have been planted. Yeah, that is a you know, New Testament church. New is, Testament church. Yes. And you have 49 superintendents, and uh, those are being trained in what's called, where are they being trained? Next slide. In the Timothy Bible College. And Actually, 49, you are. Investing also here. You are partnering in here. Pastor Jonathan, he visited Bangladesh. We are asking, how can you help? I told him I need a... Our district superintendent, they need a theological training. But he come back considering uh, the training, theology training. He you help us, but your investment to train, 49 district superintendent, that is a higher theological training. I asked to Pastor Jonathan, please you come back with your friends and teach to our district superintendent. That is a good investment because they are receiving the training, they go back their field and they are trained to other circuit pastor or he assistant pastor and they, they travel from village to village. Village to build a like for, this, like on a this, bicycle for, for the multiplication. Yeah, church multiplication. You know, church planting churches. This is the church planting churches. I'm do myself. This, this is this is how you started the movement. Yes, on a I bicycle. Start, yeah, same similar way I start this movement, and same thing I sharing. I I, I multiply to our leaders. And similar way, they are going to door-to-door, -door, village to, to village, and they are sharing the gospel, and they are planting the churches to different places. Wow, beautiful. So we have a, a few slides here of uh, people preparing for baptism, and then uh, they're going to the place, and then in that river. Are there any snakes in that river? <laughs> yes, some snake, not in river, okay. but... 
side of the river, but we are going to daytime, you not see, in nighttime. You, you Canadians, I mean, you really, you know, these people fighting snakes and crocodiles. Co cobra is there. I see, okay. Yeah, here they all are, following Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Here's what a house church looks like, New Testament church. Yeah, this is the New Testament church, but now the people called to, even me, we call to how church, but this is a New Testament church. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, the church is growing, uh, there's rapid church growth. Tell us about the Timothy training strategy. Paul, he, Second Timothy 2, 2. Paul, he trained to Timothy, and Timothy, he multiplied to other Timothy. We are similar model we are using in Bangladesh. And this is a very simple uh, training manual. We are trained to young people, older people, middle-aged people, all them. They are, we are using for multiplication because this is a good investment and good training for the uh, multiply the churches. You're training these people how to reach five more people, is that right? Yes, one people, they are reaching another five people. Means not reaching, train training other five people. This is our model. Mm. This next picture shows a training uh, of some of the, the uh, people who've come to faith in Christ. You see Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Bill Morrow, uh, and you'll also see copies of the, the uh, scripture in the people's language. Just talk about the impact of distributing the scriptures. I praise to God because Pastor Jonathan is there, ah. physically. This is bring big, good impact in that area, especially that area. When come back, Jonathan, I take back mm. in there how impacting. Mm. Still is impacting the people, you know, they are distributing. Uh, we are, we are trained them and giving the Bible and they are patching to their neighbors, mm. they are friends, they are uh, native, like that way, this woman go for woman, men go to, go to men, mm. young people go to their friend, mm. young people. Wonderful. Because each of them, they are introduced easily young people to present to the young, old, present to older. Beautiful. This, later this month in Bangladesh, Reverend Murray Cornelius and myself will be there. We're doing a training for 500 pastors. The PAOC and the Gideons of Canada are partnering together and through those 500 pastors we're going to distribute 10,000 copies of the full Bible out through all of the regions and the divisions. And what happens is people take the Bible and they take the Quran and they read and they feel the Spirit of God coming from the Word of God. Many come to faith in Christ. So thank you for for Bible distribution. It's just a, a huge, huge blessing. We also do evangelism. This is a pastor's teacher's uh, thing there. Uh, the next slide. Bishop is, is an evangelist and he has political favor because he's a businessman. So what, what's the strategy? You have done some crazy things in a Canadian's mind. You block off a city street, like a main street. How do you, how do, you do that? Actually, we are applying for a permission because to the government because we block the main street road. The street right across the street from the Saudi embassy. Mm -hmm. And 
That why I need a permission. <laughs> and I got the permission is the last moment, but I blocked the road and we'll get together. We invite the uh, government high official and also we are uh, invited the uh, famous singer uh, for gathering. And between this time, also we are sharing to Word of God. That is a powerful thing, <laughs> you know. So, in 1971, Bangladesh won their independence from Pakistan. There was a war. A million people died. Bangladesh celebrates their independence every year. And on this celebration day, he rents or blocks off the street, and thousands of people come for this political celebration. The politicians come with their entourages, they give speeches, the singers sing, and they dance, and it's, it's just beautiful. And in the middle of it, we walk up together and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for about 20 minutes. He gives an invitation for salvation. Right on the street, in the middle of the city, Jesus is proclaimed and people are coming to faith in Christ. That's the kind of favor that's on this brother's life. I love it in my whole life because I feel I did my big burden. Word of God means his lie he liked, need everyone. Mm. Everyone, they have a right to listen out of God. Yes. Everyone, they need a light for their uh, salvation. Mm -hmm. That's why I love it. Yeah. I love people still living in the darkness. Mm. They need His light. Amen. 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 Well, let's talk about the vision that's coming up for the future. Pastor, tell us about this vision, these numbers that are in your heart. And next three years, our prayer to the Almighty Lord, because He's a powerful. Without Him, I cannot do anything. I pray always, and our people praying for Him. We are planting next three years, 1,500 churches. And after ten, three years, in 1932, uh, sorry, 2032, we planting 10 years, another 5,000 church. Total 10,000 church in my life goal. I believe 13 years, I alive, and we fulfill the goal. And I like to celebration. Yes, amen. And 32, 10,000 church. Beautiful. I believe on church, representative, maybe uh, at that celebration. Jan Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, ah. attend those service. Amen. Can you agree with Bishop Philip Adekari for this vision in faith? <laughs> Amen. Amen. And the final thing, just uh, you are also doing homes for children, and One Church TO is partnering in that. Tell us about children's work. <laughs> Again, praise to God. Your investment, they are life-changing through your investment. This is the children. I bring the children home. Then provide, we are providing the food, accommodation, health care, proper education, and spiritual needs they need. I preparing them totally. Good way. I believe when they grow up, they go back 
their native village or their village, they can sharing the gospel yeah. to others because that is our model. Amen. But your money, your dollar, they are life-changing in Bangladesh. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Pastor Jonathan's going to mention it later. One of the projects of this Global Focus Weekends is $15,000 to sponsor 12 children in one of these homes. But as you can tell, Bangladesh has many children. So if this is your heart, uh, why don't you jump in and be involved in that uh, project. Pastor? I think in the last few days in here, you know, I saw yeah. when they are making him, the, after my eating, when I saw the bill, yes. I see two meal, their sponsor on children is whole month. Only two, two meal. Two meals would sponsor a child for yeah, a whole month. Yeah, whole month I saw. Yeah. You know, my goodness. But how you can help those <laughs> children, you know? My goodness. <laughs> Bishop, would you, this is a great church. Great influencing church, has been now for decades. Great missions giving church. Would you pray God's blessing upon them and God's prosperity that they could be a blessing? I praise to you. Good opportunity to sharing with you. But I like, I told you, real picture or real story. Your prayer, your investment, Lord is saved soul. Life transfer in Bangladesh. Lord, I praise to you because you are almighty. You are a powerful Lord. I praise to you. This congregation, they are helping to Bangladesh, Lord. Oh, Lord, through their prayer, through their investment, you changing life in Bangladesh. And you're doing your kingdom ministry in Bangladesh. You're planting many churches in Bangladesh. You are uh, helping to growing spiritually, theologically. Our people, his district superintendent is their Lord. Oh Lord, I praise to this congregation. You are helping through your Holy Spirit power. You are blessing them, uh, using them. Almighty way, powerful through you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're blessing them, helping them. Oh, Lord, you're blessing the pastor, Jonathan, mission yes. pastor, other team. Yes, oh, Lord, you're blessing all of the congregation. Seventy-four nation people in here. How, Lord, are you good? Seventy-four nation is here, Lord. Oh, Lord, you bring more people in here. Oh, Lord, you more people need to hear because they are sharing you, word of God. They need you. I, Lord, I pray your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Would you say thank you to Bishop Philip Adekari? Praise God. If you, if you haven't had the opportunity to go and visit some of the work of God in the mission fields that you are connected with, would you just 
think in your heart right now one word, one three-letter word, yes. Just say yes to God. I don't know of anything that will transform a life from Canada more than to go to a country of the world that you've never been and see what Jesus is doing in that country. And many of you, 70-something nations, your burden is for your nation. But maybe you ought to go to some other nation and see what God is doing there. I want to share simply two thoughts with you today. The heart of God, and secondly, the urgency of this mission. When Jesus teaches in the scriptures, if he ever says something more than once in a different, just expressing it in a different way, we really ought to pay attention. In Luke 14 and Luke 15, Jesus gives us a number of parables, a number of illustrations of the heart of God. The first one is of a king who decides to throw a great banquet. And so he invites many people, many, many people. He sends out his servant to bring those people into the banquet. As Jesus tells the story, the servant comes back and says, Master, I've done as you asked me to do, and yet there is still room at the banquet. And then Jesus says this, Go out in the voice of the Father. This is the voice of the heart of the Father God. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That's the heart of God. Not that his house is half filled, but that his house, heaven, is filled with people. And then in 2 Peter, we know this marvelous scripture, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it's the reason that Jesus has not returned. He's giving us more time to see that more come into the Father's house. And then in Luke chapter 15, there are three parables right in sequence, one after the other. If you've been in church for a little while, maybe you're online today, this is all new to you. But if you've been around, you would know these stories. But just in case you don't know, let me just tell quickly. The first is of a shepherd who had three, had, pardon me, 100 sheep. And one of those sheep got lost. The, the 99 sheep were safe. They were in the fold. They were protected from enemies. They were fed. And so the shepherd, the heart of God, again, left the 99 and went searching for the one that was lost until he finds it. And when he finds the one that was lost, he comes back and he does something unusual. He calls his friends and he calls his family and he says, Rejoice with me. <laughs> I've found the one that was lost. And then Jesus says this. He said, Likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. The second parable is very similar, a little different nuance. A woman, Jesus said, what woman among you who has 10 valuable coins and loses one won't stop everything, sweep every corner of the house, turn on the lights until she finds the one that was lost. And when she finds it, Again, she calls her friends, she calls her family, she gets word to them and says, Rejoice with me, for I found the one of such value that was lost. And then Jesus puts voice to this and says, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Think about this, people. One soul 
Coming to faith causes a party in heaven. The angels stand up and they celebrate. They rejoice the presence of the angels over one soul. It changes the dynamic of heaven when one person comes to heaven. And the third parable is so well known, the prodigal son. A father has two sons. The younger says, give me my inheritance early. He takes his inheritance. He goes to a faraway land and he wastes it on wild living and debauchery and who knows what pain and suffering he endured under the thumb and the hand of the enemy. He comes to his senses and comes back to his father and says, just make me like one of your servants. And the father says, no, no, that's not going to do. And he puts a ring on his finger to identify his sonship. He puts a coat on him to cover the filth of his long sinful journey, representing these things, and shoes on his feet to represent the healing of all of the wounds and the damage of a life away from God. And then the father says, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have the biggest party that we've ever had because my son that was lost is found. He was dead and he's alive. Come on, everyone. Let's celebrate. And the older brother stands outside, is angry with the father. The father's response to the older brother is gracious, imploring, Come in. Everything you have is mine. But come into the celebration. Don't miss the joy of what causes the angels to party. Come, my son. And never, he never comes in. He stays angry. He stays upset. And then the father says, it's right that we rejoice. For my son was lost. He's dead and he's alive. That's the heart of God, brothers and sisters. And Jesus says it three different ways, four different ways, to try and get us to get the point. It moves the atmosphere of heaven when one comes to faith. It's the heart of God. We have four children that God has given us, my wife, Karina, and myself. They're a blessing. And I know you're probably thinking, why, that's a handsome young man up there speaking. Was anyone thinking that? <laughs> well, you just need to know that by the grace of God, my wife and I have 13 grandchildren to God's glory, and we love family. Anybody in here love family? No, not so much. <laughs> You're just shy. You're just Canadian, so I really don't want to say. You know, it's like my youngest son is Samuel, and when he was about four or five years old, it was a summertime, and so we bought him a pair of sandals. And little guy decided that because I have new shoes it must mean I'm a fast runner. And he was not a fast runner. And so I'd say, Samuel, can you run for me? This is what he'd do. He'd put up his leg, and he'd go, pew, and then he would run off into the distance. So he made his own sound effect. He must have seen it on a cartoon, right? I bet in his little mind there was a little cloud of dust behind him, pew, and off he'd go. So before I go further, I should just say that my wife and I are really amazing parents. We know where our children are most of the time. We, we're about their safety and everything, you know. So I just want to clarify that. We're, we're in the West Edmonton Mall on a family trip, and I don't know how it happened. Maybe somebody said, Sam, can you run? And I turned around, and my son is gone. And if any of you parents have ever had this happen, you know it's the worst thing in the world. So we start running. I, I start running, yelling, Samuel, Samuel. I didn't care what anybody thought of me. I'm shouting at the top of my voice. My wife is weeping. That was no help at all, I'm just saying. 
I ran into the, the, you know, the securities office. Have you seen my son? We've lost him. We're excellent parents, truly, but I don't know how it happened. He was there, now he's gone. He's about this, hey, I might go and run away, but... Have you seen him? Has anybody seen him? We're running. It seemed like forever. I've got visions of him on a plane to Asia somewhere. It's just, it's like, you idiot dad, how could you fail this badly? You know, it's about me and it's just everything. Finally, I see him walking toward me with a security guard. It's like, oh God, thank you so much. And we had a tearful reunion and it was beautiful. I did take him around behind a post and say, if you ever do that again. God! You know, some of you are judging me, but I heard about you in the Walmart parking lot. I'm saying. <laughs> but what kind of a father would you think I was if I went instead into the security office and started like this? More Canadian, excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. Don't mean to trouble you. I know you're so busy, but I have a problem. I, I've misplaced one of my children, and... You know, we'd like, we would prefer to get him back. It'd be better for the whole f dynamic and, and everything. He's a nice boy, you know. I think, but I know you're so busy. We'd like to find him. But if not, we still have three good kids left. <laughs> you would think you have lost your mind, Dad. You're not a dad. You're, you're, you have problems. I want all of my children in my household, amen? I want all my family safe. I want all of my 13 grandbabies crawling all over me and asking me, Papa, what happened to your hair? Where did it go? I want them all there. God's heart for your city is that every breathing son and daughter that he created would come into his household, that his house would be filled, that every person from every nation on this planet would know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they would go from darkness to light, that they would go from bondage to freedom. God's heart sent his son to die on the cross, to shed his lifeblood, not just for a few of us to come to faith in Christ, but that all should come to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why we do this. That's why we do this missions thing, why we send people out, why we support them, why we give our money, why we pray. It's because of the heart of God. And secondly, it's because it's urgent. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there's the story of a city. An enemy army came against the city of Samaria. The Syrian army put a siege against the city, stopped the flow of, of food, stopped the flow of water, and the people were starving. It was a horrible situation. Outside of the city walls were four men with leprosy. They couldn't go into the city because of their illness, and they couldn't go to the enemy because they were enemies. But they realized they were going to die. So they said to each other, come. The famine is in the city. We'll die if we go there. If we sit here, we'll die also. Let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Amazing. And so they go to the enemy camp. What they didn't know is in the night, the angel of the Lord had come and chased away the enemy. And they'd left all their food, they'd left all their clothing and their weapons and their gold and silver and their animals. They just ran away with the clothes on their back because of the thunder of the armies of heaven. 
the four leprous men came into that camp and they began to collect in my mind. I can hear them. This is mine. This is mine. They're collecting food. They're collecting clothing. They're collecting gold and silver. All of a sudden they realize we are rich. We have abundance. We have more than enough. And they were celebrating, you know, eating grapes and drinking wine and just having it. And one of them says, but in the city, our families are dying. Our sons and daughters are dying. And we're celebrating. We have abundance and they have lack. And so this verse is so challenging to our theme today. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9. This is what one of them said. We're not doing right. This is a day of good news. And we are keeping it to ourselves. When Charles Chawner first went to reached the Zulu people of South Africa in 1917. It was hard going. It was difficult. Finally, one of the chiefs came to faith. 1917. And that chief looked Charles Chawner in the eye, and with tears in his eyes, he asked them this question. He said, Brother, what took you so long? Why did you wait? Hudson Taylor was one of the first to go to China. Similar story, almost identical reaction. The first Chinese came to faith in Christ. And after he began to experience the freedom of Jesus and the liberty of the gospel and light instead of darkness and hope instead of despair, he came to Hudson Taylor and said these words, How long have you known about this wonderful truth? And the peoples of the world are saying to us Canadians, why are you waiting? How long have you had this knowledge? Why would you hesitate? Why would you wait? Someone may be thinking, you know, Pastor, I, I'm just a, I'm a laborer. I work in retail. I, I'm, on, I'm on a specific income, maybe a pension. I, I don't have much to give. Let me speak to you first who think you don't have much to give. Do you know that Jesus sat down beside the offering basket one time and literally watched what the people put in? That's intimidating, hey? He just watched. Some who were very wealthy put in out of their abundance. And then Jesus celebrates a widow who put the smallest offering of the day in the offering box and Jesus said this one this one has given the greatest offering because she gave everything she had can I tell you something when you give to God it enters into a miraculous economy that multiplies it's not the size of your gift it's what's left over that measures the sacrifice it's not the size of your gift, whether God can do something or not. It's the obedience of your heart to his calling. And say, maybe someone thinks, well, you know, I've, I've got issues. You know, maybe you gave to something. It didn't work out the way you want. Can I just challenge you that God keeps the books when you give to God? What you give to God is never lost. 
Can I add a little more detail to Bishop's story? That missionary from Canada would have been supported by PAOC churches after that thing years later, tragically, came into marriage difficulties. His marriage fell apart. His credentials were lost for a season of time. And people would look and say, you see, that's wasted. That's wasted. I'm here to tell you that God keeps the books and what you sow into his kingdom is never lost. We need accountability. We need integrity. We need audits. We need budgets. We need all of those things to show integrity. But just keep in mind that what you're entering into is a miracle. Philip out of Cary is a testimony that God keeps the books and that now 3,500 churches exist in that land through the obedience of some PAOC people giving. Second group of people, and I'm done with this, are those of you in the room that have been entrusted with great wealth. And great, again, is a, is a, is a relative term. But you have the authority to give a large offering. And you have the ability to give a large offering. There's a billionaire in Canada. His name's Jimmy Pattison. I've, I've gotten to know him over the years. He's a wonderful man of God baptized in the Holy Spirit, and don't believe any negative stuff you've heard about him. He's a man of God. He said to me one time, every night before I go to bed, I get on my knees and I say, God, help me to be faithful with the responsibility that you've given me to distribute this wealth. Could I say to somebody here today, and God's given you that responsibility, don't wait. Don't leave it for somebody else to decide for you. You make that decision. You decide. I remember the first time in a new believer. He was less than a year in Jesus. And he wanted to help us with Ethiopia. I, I, at that time, I didn't know the measure of his, his wealth. I found out later that when he came to Jesus, his company was netting him personally $20 million a month. And I said, well, what would you like to do, David? He said, well, I, I think I want to give $200,000. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things that give you joy, and that one gave me joy. And he took out his checkbook and wrote a check for $200,000. I'd never seen a check for $200,000. He told me a few weeks ago, he's given away now multiplied millions of dollars to God's work. He said, and now God has blessed my business interests so much that we are further ahead after all of the money that we've given away to God. There may be somebody here, and that's you. Could I challenge you? Lean in. And ask, here's my, here's my appeal for everybody in the room, those of you who may give a smaller amount, may give monthly. If, you, if you're on a controlled income, just think about giving monthly and let it accumulate. But would each of you just today, when Pastor Jonathan prays, would you just say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What are you asking of me? And then respond in obedience to what Jesus says to you. Not pressure, not manipulation. It's your relationship with him. And as he speaks, then obey. And don't wait. Don't wait. Jesus, I thank you for these precious people, for this great church, for Pastor Jonathan and all of the team. We pray your blessing on One Church T.O., Lord, your blessing on their influence in this nation and beyond. And I ask, Lord, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, and we will obey. In Jesus' name, God bless you.
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.